Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, everyone. Good morning. Welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show here on what's left of the 2023 year. It has sped by fast, guys. We kicked this thing off at, uh, at the 24 hours, which we're, we're getting ready for now in January. So, uh, got tickets to give away. You need to, uh, pay attention, listen to the show. Uh, we've kind of bounced off Thursday night for a while. We're just still doing Monday mornings. Uh, we may do a show next week, but try and get ready for next year, guys. It's going to be kind of a different lineup. Uh, not sure, uh, the final details on it, but just pay attention. So guys, we're still here, you know, last week we played two straight hours of, uh, the banquet. Didn't get to Roger Penske. Roger's, uh, I, he is the entertainer, entertainer, I'm telling you. So uh, listen, listen to Roger here, and we've got a couple more drivers, and we're going to finish this up for the year. Good, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for, for joining us here today. Um, we're going to start our media availabilities with Roger Penske from Team Penske. If you have a question, please raise your hand, um, and we'll do our best to get to everyone. So raise your hand, and we'll do our best to get to you. We'll start in the back with, with Lee. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com, and congratulations again. Thank you. Just, just kind of curious, when did you see the turnaround in Ryan? I mean, you knew he had the potential. You've always spoken in glowing terms of him. But at what point did the switch kind of flip where he went for, you know, balancing the aggression he needed to get to the front and win races? Well, it's been a, certainly a long journey for him. I think as we see all the teams and drivers that come up through the, the business, remember it was uh, in 2012 when his dad came into our motorhome at Richmond and we talked, there's this uh, young guy, lots of passion, wanted to be a champion. And you know, we bought into that, uh, his package at that point, and he had, <clears throat> he won with Brad in trucks. Uh, he won in our Xfinity early on in 2013. So, you know, really, uh, you know, we saw that he knew how to be a winner. And I think that's one of the first things we try to do. Can you be a winner? And then you've got to gel in with the team. And I think that uh, as he moved on in his career <clears throat> and uh, with our technical partner, the Woods Brothers, uh, you know, he became, uh, you know, a driver for them. Uh, I think when we really saw his capability is in 2017, you know, when he won the race at Pocono, you know, racing, it's ironic, uh, racing uh, uh, Harvick, uh, who Harvick's, think about that, retiring now, and Blaney is now the champion, but uh, that really showed us that he had the medal, you know, to be a winner. And then as we moved on, he was fast, uh, we had pit stop problems, we had speeding in the pits, all those things that that happened. And I think as we started to, with the support of Joey and everyone else on the team, and then Hassler coming on board in 2022. Now, think about it. Hassler started with us in 2008 as a performance engineer 15 years ago. 
So it wasn't that he just showed up on the scene. So he was at the Woods Brothers. We've used the Woods Brothers as a real farm team for us to work with our people. So Ryan came through that. And, uh, of course, he and Jonathan got together. And uh, in 22, we had speed. Uh, he won the All-Star race, I think, that year. So we, we saw that he had that capability. But, you know, coming into 22, and everybody's talked about how we kind of looked at we didn't really have any speed there at the beginning. I think we were learning about the car and uh, it took us some time, but the effort that we always do uh, at, at the end of the season for the championship is build new cars and with all of the things that we've learned through the season. And I think that Hassler, you know, along with Jeremy Bullins, uh, you know, certainly Paul Wolf uh, and Brian Wilson, the chief, all got together as we got into that last eight, and they really put their shoulder against this car. And I think that, uh, you know, we just knew that he was a champion and uh, his, his persona you know, the, the fans liked him. I think his – one of the things that I said to him was the biggest thing that you did in winning this championship is your reputation in the garage area, you know, with the other teams and the other drivers. And I think that he raced fair. And uh, I know there was comments at one point. Kyle Busch made some comments that he was, you know, Casey Kane or something wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't a champion. But uh, – what? Oh, Kyle Petty said that. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, – uh, putting together, you know, those last races in the last six uh, was amazing. And then the, the the proof of the pudding really was racing Kyle Larson. Forget everything else. You know, racing Kyle Larson those last, what, 20 or 25 laps and be able to win the championship there. It was – nobody gave it to him. Uh, the stops we, we had – we had good stops. They weren't quite as quick as the other guys because I told him, you can't win this championship coming from the back in a speeding penalty. So we were a little slower coming in and out, but I think the stops were good enough. Then he was able to come up through the field, which was amazing. So uh, I think, Lee, it was a, it's a, a journey, you follow me, that he was on starting back, you know, a decade ago as a young guy. And uh, I think everyone has to understand that, that uh, it takes time. And, uh, again, you know, with our team, uh, uh, I've said it before, uh, that team on the 12 car, 11 and a half years of experience with our company, 11 and a half and uh, when you look at the entire team, Penske, uh, 44% of our people have been there over 10 years. So it's that domain knowledge which makes a difference. And I think his connection with the people, the support, and I think the partnership that he has with Joey, that took time. And with Brad, it took time for those guys to really say, hey, we can help each other. But it's amazing how they worked off each other for the last, uh, say, the last year or so. So it's a long answer to your question, but uh, it's a journey. <laughs> We'll come here to the front to Jenna, and then in the back to Mark. Jenna Fryer, AP. Um, Roger, you won last year with Joey, and then this year seemed to be a really down year for Ford, and yet the 12-team rallied and, and won you a second consecutive championship. I mean, did you at all, after so many years trying to win one championship, then, you know, did you ever think you'd get back-to-back, -back, and then in a year when Ford was really lagging behind? Well, um you know, you win one, and you hope you can win it because you start all over again. They don't give you an extra lap ahead of everybody when you, after you win one. So, obviously, uh, you know, last year, you know, Joey did a great job. And, and Ryan, by the way, when you think about it, last year at Phoenix, if you watched Ryan, he was a, a good wingman, wasn't he? He had a fast car at Phoenix, so we knew that he had the speed. But, uh, no, <clears throat> I would say that uh, it took us a while, and with Ford Engineering and certainly with Yates and the motor side, we came, we came prepared. And we got better through the season, and I think we understood the car better, 
and certainly uh, it turned out uh, we were always competitive on the big tracks, weren't we? Atlanta and the high-speed tracks, but it was the downforce tracks that we, we weren't there. But, again, once we got to Phoenix, I think we had a package that was very competitive. And, obviously, uh, you know, for me personally to, to think about uh, uh, two in a row, and, and I was looking at some stats from our people, you know, in the last six years, we've won 148 races and 12 championships. You know, so when you think about the total Team Penske efforts, I mean, it's been amazing. And I, I can't even look back because I don't know how we ever did it, but it's really, you know, credit to all the people who are in our organization that have been there and put so much effort and time in. We'll go to Mark and then back up here to Bob. Mark Garrow, PRN. Again, congratulations. Mark, thanks. Following up on Jenna's question, you've been at this a long time. You've accomplished a lot. Your organization has as well. As you get later uh, into this career, having done it so long, are these accomplishments sweeter? Do they mean more? Well, it makes it tougher to do more because you set a standard. And, you know, the pro not the problem, but the expectations. I mean, it's no different than Hendricks and, and some of the teams and Gibbs and what have you, maybe ourselves in that group at the moment. But uh, the expectations are you've got to be a winner. And, uh, you know, we, we don't really want to finish second, and we want to win. And I think that uh, the commitment, uh, you know, Mike Nelson, uh, who is our NASCAR program leader, and Travis Geisler, 40 years of experience between the two of them at Team Penske. So, you know, we're all in the same boat. I and mean, we go out there to win. We, have, we try to hire the people and bring our – one thing, that we fill the funnel from the bottom and not from the top. So all the people today that are successful and made us successful, just like Blaney, came in at the bottom. And I think we've got to continue to do that, and that will keep us, you know, very sharp at the top with the best people. We'll go to Bob and then up here to Dustin. Uh, Chris, Fox Sports. Uh, you talked about Blaney battling Kyle Larson. I want to look ahead to May, and what do, you, what do you hope you get out of Larson doing the Indy 500 for, for IndyCar? Bob, well, that's a great question. Look, we are so excited you know, to see Larson come to uh, the Speedway. I know Rick talked to me about running Larson, uh, and I just, we hadn't had the success for a couple of years, and I said, look, for us to take on a fourth car, and then, of course, McLaren did, and we just, we applauded that all the way along. I think that, that his skill and, and his fan base in the Midwest uh, is, is amazing. And he went out there, did his rookie test, just bang, bang, bang. And I think that, uh, look, Kurt Busch has run there. You know, think about the other people who have come from Formula One, Jimmy Clark, Graham Hill, and other people, and Nigel Mansell have been successful there. I think that he comes with, with a tremendous amount of talent, and it's uh, something that he wants to do. It's interesting that uh, Blaney said to me, I said, I think at some point here over the last several weeks, that he'd like to go to Indy. I said, well, let's slow down here a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're going to have everybody coming to Indy, but if we can have the double and really play up uh, Memorial Day at both uh, Charlotte and Indianapolis, it'll be great. But uh, the interest uh, from the fan base uh, uh, with him coming is we can see it already in our ticket sales. It's, uh, he's, uh, he'll be a great, uh, great asset to, to Indianapolis in the 500. We'll go to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Roger, obviously, yesterday the announcement of the, the new media rights package for NASCAR to begin in 2025. 
you know, one of the, the big changes is, is obviously this past year and in 2024 also, you're going to have 20 races on network television starting in 2025. That's down to nine. You have the streaming component. Um, I'm curious, what are the trade-offs between short-term and long-term that you see as an owner in the sense of the potential for maybe fewer eyeballs because fewer network races, but the, pot but the hope, I guess, for what could be down the road of the seven-year deal? Well, I think there's a, a time period here going on where people are moving, you know, from linear TV and uh, certainly uh, network television. And believe me, if if NBC and Fox and the other partners didn't believe that there was value in what they put together, we wouldn't have gotten, or NESCA wouldn't have gotten $7.7 billion. So I have to go along with the experts on that, that to me, uh, it's it's a great move. Uh, I think putting a package together today in this environment is, is amazing, and getting more people interested will give us even more capability. I think from a sponsor standpoint, I think that we've been able to attract sponsors because of the existing television package, and it, it was obviously not all on network, and I think we're just going to have to see how that plays out. I can't tell you, but the money that was committed, you know, behind the streaming and those types of non-linear TV has been amazing, so it's going to work, and I think we're seeing people today looking at it, their time frame, when they can look at an event, all of this will play out, and how they can take that content and spread it not just on race weekend, but they can spread it across uh, the next week and even go back in the archives with it, so I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. Well, as you know, we're <clears throat> we come up into uh, uh, 2025. Uh, we're looking at today. We're in discussions, and we have a great media partner in NBC. And uh, you know, we we expect to be, you know, talking. Other people have come to us. I think the uh, the NASCAR was great to see that uh, CW, and and you know, obviously with ESPN and Formula One. So we hope we can draft in behind them. <laughs> we'll go to Dominic. Uh, good morning, Dominic Fischer, RDS. Uh, Mr. Penske, with um, the, the, the breadth of your involvement in NASCAR and other types of motorsports and your relationship with the OEMs, I wanted to have your take on uh, the place of motorsports in general and maybe NASCAR and uh, the switch to sustainability, sustainable energies, uh, hydrogen, electric, uh, non-fossil fuels, and how you see this playing out in the next maybe two to five years. Well, look, uh, as you know, sustainability is, is a key word that everybody's using. I think uh, it, it really started when you looked at the, in the uh, investment world. Uh, people didn't want to invest in companies that didn't have a sustainability program. I think that uh, you know, we certainly understand that uh, from an IndyCar perspective is uh, we're using uh, uh, renewables you know, from our fuel. Uh, NASCAR is moving in that direction. I think the hybrid formula, it seems to be something that uh, will make a lot of sense as we go forward because you even see the electrification kind of slow down here lately, and I think more hybrid is more of a bridging strategy to the future. So I think that we have that responsibility, uh, certainly as we 
we look at the Indianapolis uh, track, we want to be carbon-free at some point. I didn't put a date 2030, 2040, but the things that we're doing there, all of us are looking at that. I know that as, as NASCAR gets into their facilities, as we go forward, we have to think about that. You know, what are we using? What kind of paper? What are the things we're using at the track? You know, we have a, a partnership with the waste management, in fact, to help us to be sure that we're dealing in that. So it, it's top of mind. Uh, do I have the playbook for NASCAR? I can say no, but I know that they're in, involved in it. We certainly are. When you think about all the trucks and trailers that go to IndyCar races are using renewable diesel, everyone is. So we put that in this past year. So I think that we're cognizant of, of our responsibility you know, as individuals and Americans to make it a better place. Well, hydrogen, I, I'm, I guess Toyota has been the leader. Uh, not only uh, they've talked about it, we've seen some hydrogen cars. There was a hydrogen car at, at Le Mans, I think, last year that was run by the French. I'm not sure who the organization was. Uh, I think that's an opportunity. Uh, we've looked at it in our truck fleets. We've run some uh, just as test units. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a long time before we see that in competition, at least in where we see it today. I think you're going to have some modified different engines, and you'll have some hybrids that will be, you know, start to lean towards sustainability. We'll come up here uh, to Lewis, and then we're going to wrap in the back with Gary. Morning, Roger, to your, to your right. Oh, sorry, Lewis. <laughs> no worries. Um, one second, technical difficulties here. Okay, uh, actually back on the EVs, uh, just a two-part question. Do, do you see EVs in, in NASCAR on competition side and uh, how do you handle traditional fans who you know kind of objected to lug nuts, the replacement of lug nuts? Well, I don't think we're gonna see, I think you can have a series as you see Formula E is obviously an EV full EV series. But I think that there'll be, I would say, a hybrid, which obviously is the name of hybrid, which we can have some electrical component of the drivetrain along with a nice engine. I think that's where we're going to see. And that'll be the bridging strategy for, I think, for the next several years here. I don't see it overnight, but you could have uh, maybe a sedan series where they could run well, fully electric vehicles. But I think first... The engine manufacturers or the OEMs are now dealing with their own strategies of trying to develop this this EV marketplace, which is slower than had expected. I think the public relations got out ahead of it. You know, we have an issue of of uh, the reliability of the charging network. The infrastructure is not there. Uh, range anxiety. So all of these things. Remember, at Formula E, they had to have two. They had to come in and get in another car. Well, I'm, if we had to bring two cars to an NASCAR race, I'm not sure that would be what we want to do right now. If we're trying to look at costs, but I think it's uh, in the future. Uh, I would hope that uh, that we'd have some part of that, and I think the the hybrid version could be very good. All right, Roger. Thank you for your time today, and enjoy your celebration. Good. Thank you very much, guys. Wow, Roger Pinsky. Uh, some really great informative information there. Mm. Man's on it. In his 80s, and he's as alert as they come, even down to uh, trying to keep the tracks environmentally green, which, hey, they produce a lot of waste. You know, if you can control your waste, control your cost. So let's move on to... Uh, 
I tell you, I'd like to play the, the radio deal again. Let's just go on and jump into that real quick one more time. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like the streaming. So get ready. Prime. All right. If that music doesn't get you ready, I don't know what will. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Eric Ryan with NASCAR Communications. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today in Nashville for this special event ahead of the bulk of the championship week activities that we have. Welcome to the media, the many special guests in attendance, and all the fans watching on NASCAR.com and those listening on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. This is a monumental day for NASCAR, the NASCAR industry, and most importantly, our loyal and passionate NASCAR fans, the very best in sports. We are absolutely thrilled to be able to officially announce our new media partners, a group of best-in-class content distribution leaders, which will lead to increased visibility, growth, and investment in our sport for many years to come. But before we make the announcement and meet the folks who have joined me here on stage today, let's roll a short video. Okay, so as you can see, awesome things are in store for our great sport. And working alongside tremendous new media partners like the ones here today, we'll, uh, we'll have a wonderful announcement shortly. Uh, so to my immediate left here is Mr. Brian Herbst, NASCAR Senior Vice President of Media and Productions. Then we have uh, Steve Phelps, President of NASCAR. And then next to him, we have Eric Shanks, Chief, Exec Chief Executive Officer and Executive Producer of Fox Sports. We have Jay Marine, Prime Video Vice President and Global Head of Sports, and Luis Silberwasser, Chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery Sports. And then lastly, Rick Cordella, President of NBC Sports. Uh, and of course, I want to recognize some special guests we have in the crowd, including Mike Beard, President and COO of the CW, our new partner for the Xfinity Series in 2025, who is here for today's announcement. Thank you for being with us, Mike. And we are also joined by our three National Series champions, Mr. Ryan Blaney, Cole Custer, and Ben Rhodes. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us today, and congratulations. So with that, Steve, let's jump straight into it, and I'll give you the honor of officially announcing these partnerships. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Um, welcome, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you all here. Um, a shout-out for our, our two existing partners who have been fantastic, uh, Eric Shanks and his team and Rick Cordella and his team. Um, world-class media companies that have really presented our sport in such a great way uh, to our race fans. Um, and I'd like to welcome um, Jay Marine from Amazon and Louise Silberwasser from WBD. Um, we are super excited about what 2025 is going to bring to us um, because of where the distribution that we now have across here, which is a, a uh, combination of obviously broadcast, cable, and streaming. We want to meet race fans where they are, uh, or potential race fans where they are. We think this group does exactly that for us. So we couldn't be happier uh, to have them on board. The other thing I want to talk about very quickly is what our industry, the NASCAR industry, has done to come together. Whether you're talking about drivers, uh, racetracks, um, our race teams, our industry comes together better than any other sports property when there's a mountain to climb. And that's what happened in 2020. That's what happened, honestly, just for the sport overall. And you look at the growth of where the sport is, and I think it's a testament to the success of the sport to have these 
world-class media companies all want to be part of our sport, plus, plus the CW. So I'm thrilled to have these guys come. Um, L.A., Seattle, New York, New York, um, all coming here to, to say um, welcome and excited to be part of our future in 2025. Yeah, thank you for that, Steve. Uh, and I want to ask you one more question because you've said this quite a bit, but we've talked about the optimization of media rights. Uh, could you talk a bit about how these partners fit that vision of optimization and what that is? Sure. Well, he didn't ask that question before, so we'll just riff on this. Um, I think it's exactly right. So when we were set out to do the deals, the deals really were a combination of optimizing from a distribution standpoint where NASCAR was going to be, and obviously there's a financial component as well. Um, and we were thrilled with where we netted out on, on the distribution, and I think that optimization is going to be big, big for the growth of the sport that we're going to experience in 25 and beyond. Okay. And Mr. Hertz, the fan is at the center of all of this. So can you tell us a little bit about what the fans can expect beginning in 2025? Yeah, I, I think what we've seen over the last five years with the industry working together is you've seen schedule innovation, you've seen on-track product innovation, but we wanted to continue to push the envelope from a distribution perspective as, as well. So Steve spoke about the mix of broadcast, cable, direct-to-consumer, and streaming. We wanted to make sure that all the innovation that we were doing from a sport perspective, that we were getting in front of new demos and that we were setting ourselves up um, well for, for the future. So with Fox starting off the season with the Clash and the Daytona 500, moving into a streaming opportunity with Amazon and, and Jay's team that we're super excited about, uh, a lot of innovation in that summer uh, series over the last uh, two to three years, as you guys have seen, after Amazon um, moves off, then we go to Warner Brothers Discovery and Luis's team with, with TNT um, and Max, and then finally closing out the season with, with Rick and the NBC Sports Group. Um, we have special partnerships and special relationships with our incumbents at, at Fox and NBC. Um, Steve spoke about how they were there for us through 2020. We think we were there for the networks as well. Um, but we're really welcome um, kind of the new partnerships with, with Amazon, with the CW, um, and with, uh, with Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, look forward to kind of what this means from a fan perspective, potential alternate broadcasts, potential opportunity to get in front of, of younger fans as well. Um, so super excited about the growth potential behind this, this new strategy. Excellent. Thank you. And so, Eric, Fox Sports and NASCAR have been partners since 2001, which means that when this new deal starts, we'll be celebrating 25 years together. Can you talk a bit about why this is such a great fit and what you envision for the next seven years of this relationship? Sure. Um, first, I'd like to say thank you to Jim and Ben and Lisa and Mike and Steve and Brian and Steve um, for just being, you know, uh, longtime friends and great partners. And we can't wait to start this next new chapter uh, and have great times uh, at any track that we go to with you guys, uh, especially Talladega. Um, the, uh, um, look, we uh, will cross three decades uh, when this uh, program, new chapter starts. And, you know, nothing makes us more proud than being the one that gets to kick off the season with the great American race, the Daytona 500. Um, everybody in this room has been to it. Um, and everybody knows how special it is and unique it is to start off a sport with its biggest event. And we want to keep pushing and we want to keep making it bigger 
and better, um, and it really is one of the crown jewels at Fox Sports. So we're looking forward to that, um, and we know that NASCAR is investing a lot to make it even bigger and better as well. And I'm actually excited to work with uh, all three partners here. It, you know, this sport is really unique in that you know, we're not going at the same time. We're handing off. We're kind of drafting, right, like off of each other and pushing each other. And I think we each bring something unique to, to it, whether you've been doing it for a long time or whether you're new and going to bring something new that we can all steal. Um, uh, and we're going to be collaborating and pushing and, and helping promote to make this sport uh, successful for all of us. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, thank you. And so, Jay, Prime Video has quickly become a destination for direct-to-consumer live sports, most notably the NFL and Thursday Night Football, as well as your recent Black Friday football. Uh, what does NASCAR bring to the table in terms of live sports in your programming mix? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, first of all, Eric was not joking about stealing, <laughs> for anyone who knows Eric. Um, <laughs> see the laughs? Did you see that? That's truth. That's like truth coming through. Um, so uh, I do want to echo um, what Eric said, though, and really thank the whole NASCAR team. Um, it's been um, fantastic to get to this point. Um, and as Jim just said earlier, um, it's really the starting line. Again, and, and I can't wait for 2025 to get here. Um, in terms of, you know, why NASCAR for Amazon, um, what we really look for are premium tier one sports that can move the needle for prime. Um, and NASCAR fits that. Sport that has passionate fan base, a large fan base, where the sport is must-see for them. That is extremely valuable. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is make the Prime membership program more valuable for our Prime members. That's what we try to do in every decision we make. Um, so NASCAR fits perfectly that. Um, and then, you know, we really want to go innovate. You know, we look at this as a seven-year-plus partnership. I'm already talk about the renewal later. But, um, you know, but that's how we want to invest so that we can innovate for the long term. And we're excited to do that. We're excited to reach a younger audience um, who may have cut the cord and not, not watching as much, which we've been able to do with Thursday Night Football as an example. So we're excited to be part of it and excited to work across this partnership group as well. Yeah, thank you for that. And I like that we're already talking renewals here. Uh, so, Luis, at WBD Sports, you continue to expand your live sports portfolio, which is accessible via Max. I'm a subscriber, uh, as well as across cable platforms such as TNT and True TV. What is it about NASCAR that made sense as a pillar in your sports programming? Yes, thank you. Um, I think we, we, we looked sort of at three big things, I would say. One was sort of the value of the audience, the very passionate audience that NASCAR has, uh, the large audiences that it brings. Um, and I think to, to Jay's point, sort of stealing a little bit of what you said, is um, the idea that we're in the tier one sports business. If you look at what we do, we don't have a 24-hour sports channel. We really concentrate on, on a few and big things. And NASCAR fits right in because of the audience, because of the sport. Uh, it's a high-stakes sport. When you watch it, it's a great viewing experience. Um, and I think that's, those are the kinds of sports that we want to get behind. The second one was that what could we bring to the table, right? And when you have a portfolio that has TNT, one of the best cable channels, um, you know, we have True TV up and coming as a, as a channel that is going to have more and more sports. 
we just recently put all of our sports on Max, and now it's becoming one of those primary streaming platforms for sports. We have Bleacher Report on House of Highlights, which is going to play a big role in bringing younger viewers to, to the NASCAR family. So from a portfolio perspective, it fits right in with what we want to do. And I think the third thing is the partnership. You know, and, and I, I thank the, the France family for trusting us. Um, it is a big part. We were, we were rights holders until 2014, I believe. So we know what the combination and the partnership can do together. Um, we're already imagining sort of new ideas and what we can do differently. And I think that partnership for us was very important. We, we, we look at this as a very long-term partnership. Um, and I know that our sort of world, sort of best class production team working hand in hand with NASCAR can bring great things to the table. Uh, and then when you put all of our assets together, I think it's, it's, it's part of the, the, the formula here to try to make the sport bigger and better, and not only for NASCAR and for the fans, but also for, for us as well. So very excited about it. All right. Thank you. And last but not least, Rick, uh, NBC Sports and NASCAR have a deep and prosperous history. Can you talk about why continuing to have NASCAR as a significant part of your portfolio made sense? Well, I think a few things. It starts with a partnership first and foremost. I mean, NASCAR is right at the very top of our portfolio in terms of the, the tightness, the relationship that we have with the France family, Jim, Lisa, Ben, uh, certainly Steve and Brian, um, working with them every day to improve the sport, to you know, continue to drive ratings for NBC Sports. We know working with them over a long period of time there's going to be a certain amount of innovation over the last 10 years, stage racing, tweaks to the playoffs, all that really plays into why we want to be partners with NASCAR. And then you look at the product itself. I mean, it's exciting racing. You know, young crop of drivers hitting the, hitting, the, hitting the circuit. We're incredibly excited about how it fits into our Q3 and Q4 schedule. And, you know, working with these guys, too, as the anchor leg of the 4x4 relay that we're in here, you know, we couldn't be more excited where the sport's going to be in the future. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, so, Mr. Phelps, I'll turn it back to you for one last word. Wait, I forgot one thing I'm super excited about. Um, you know, as much as it sucks that he's no longer on the track, uh, what's going to be new this coming year is that Kevin Harvick is going to be joining us in the booth, and I think he's here today, right? Harv, are you here? Yeah. Uh, and I think I heard Clint somewhere. Um, so I'm super excited that Kevin's joining us, and I think you're going to make not only Fox's coverage, but NASCAR as good as it possibly can be, that you're not on the track. So forgot about that before. Sorry. It's awesome. Welcome, Kevin. So uh, I'll close it out. Interesting listening to these guys talk, and hopefully everyone got as excited as I did listening to them and the unique pieces about what they're going to bring to our sport. There was a common theme throughout all of them, though. It was really our fans um, and the quality of our fans, the size of the fan base. It's, it is, they are the best fans in all the sports. So for our fans, what they can expect moving forward is world-class production, distribution that is going to be the same in many cases and new in others. And it is our job at NASCAR collectively as the stakeholders to bring more and more people into this great sport. And I think what we have just announced today is going to do exactly that. All right. So thank you to everybody on stage and those in the crowd that helped make this historic announcement happen. We're thrilled for what's in store for 2024, and we're equally excited to embark on this next chapter of our great sport working together with these partners on stage. Uh, to the media on site, we're going to take a moment to do some photos up here, uh, and then we're going to also ask that the family come up and take some photos as well. 
Following those photos, we will have on-stage participants available for breakout interviews in the back, uh, so look for that. But thank you, everyone. We look forward to officially crowning our National Series champions tomorrow night, as well as enjoying the festivities between now and then. Have a great rest of your NASCAR championship week in wonderful Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you all. All right. All that's happening in 2025, except for the CW be covering all of Xfinity next year, and I think that's absolutely great for 2024, the Xfinity Series. And I've said it, guys, you know, the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, when you go watch those guys, you got room to spread out a little bit. All except on Championship Weekend, and I'm telling you, Latasha and her gang up all the way out at Phoenix, they packed the house Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I kept telling myself Friday with with a large crowd for the truck race, hey, it's championship weekend. It's supposed to be full. So, And it was. So uh, we've got a couple more here. Uh, this is William Byron, finished third in the points for the year. Hey, he was right there in the hunt till the very end. You know, uh, only person out of the, the round of four was Christopher Bell, went out with a blow rotor, overheated his uh, – Rotor, rotors and uh, blowed the right front out, which put him out pretty quick. But the uh, other three fought all the way to the end. Didn't know who was going to win it to the very end, guys. William Byron. Yes. Yeah. Good. William, can you take me back? Um, working on the profile on Rudy. Him being hired to come to Hendrick and you having a say in wanting, specifically uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, from what I remember, um, 2020, we were in talks about Chad going into a different role, and um, they basically just came to me and said, you know, hey, you pretty much have choice of who you want, and they uh, they also said, like, we feel like we have a good idea or a good thing in mind. So I think they had a lot of the ball kind of already rolling, which I didn't really know. Um, any of that, which was great, a great kind of surprise because they were um, in talks with him for a while, I guess, to be an engineer and then to, uh, you know, be a crew chief later on. So, um, you know, I feel like we tried to first get him as an engineer and then, uh, you know, when that didn't quite work out, we, you know, felt like maybe the option would be there later to be a crew chief. And we sat down at TGI Fridays and had a, a lunch and talked about race cars and, um felt like we picked up right where we left off and and uh we were just kind of you know on the same page and and uh you know knew what we wanted to accomplish with one another and um I'd say it's exceeded expectations you know you never know when somebody comes in the the cup series how it's going to go and how they're going to learn and how we're going to gel together and I was definitely nervous cuz I just um I knew who was the guy I just wanted you know to see us click and mesh and the stress of the Cup Series can get in the way of all those things, but he's always had a, we've always had a trust level together, and um, he's obviously great working on the cars and um, knows what my driving style is, and um, we've just been able to work together um, through a lot of different problems, and we still get better. I mean, we still want to want to be better. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a cool process. It seems pretty rare that a team would come and say, the driver, it's your choice. 
either within or going to somebody at Junior Motorsports? Yeah, it was definitely um, definitely unique. I mean, they they typically don't go outside the 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 walls and um, try to find somebody, and that definitely was unique. I was nervous about that. You know, I was nervous that that to, you know I wanted it to be right and them to feel like, hey, this is the right decision. And and um, I think within three four months at Hendrick, um, everyone that I talked to, they would willingly come up and say like man he's he's helping us so much he's he's such a good asset and and we went out and won i think our third race together so we had speed right away and um we had cars capable of winning uh really really right away one, one last thing when you said that you guys wanted to at first get him as an engineer mm-hmm. was it for that season when Tad was leaving or was it a different time period? Uh, a different time period? oh um i don't know i think it was within a, a year or so of that i mean might have been right when uh, Chad started, which was 19, but um, it was either 19 or 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to. I just want to win, so I, I just want to win that race, and that's one that's on my bucket list. And um, I've loved racing late models the last couple of years, and. Um, it's taught me some good things. I feel like it. It doesn't necessarily always help me on the cup level, but it does always keep me in a race car and keep me racing. And those guys are really competitive, so the, all all that stuff helps for sure. Um, but at this stage, you know, going to race the snowball is just all about winning. And um, I feel like we have a good shot. Um, you know, I thought I thought I would have a good shot last year, and um, you know, I, I feel similar going down there this year. So just a matter of kind of putting it all together and having the car and, and um, all the pieces of the puzzle go, go correctly. I mean, we always try to win, so I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to go into next year just because it's the 40th year and say, man, I really want to win. But I hope I win more races than I did this year. I hope I win 10. So um, that's the goal. And, um, you know, I told told everybody that, you know, we just want to be the fastest next year. So we uh, we were really good this year. We were always in the mix and always uh, one of the guys, but um, just want to be faster next year. What's the offseason like for you, the Christmas and stuff coming up? Um, you know, it's a lot of reflecting. Um, it's a lot of trying to already get better for next year. I mean, I've already started training more. Um, you know, I feel like I'm changing my approach to a couple things, just small little tweaks here and there and just trying to refine. I mean, um, when you come this close this year, you feel like, man, you can taste it and you want to try to, to get that feeling again. And, um, you know, so I just left Phoenix a bit incomplete and hungry and just, um, wanting to be be better and i think we can i think we can take that next step um and be be the fastest team the fastest driver is it all work though is it are you gonna have some fun around the holidays yeah i haven't really thought about much fun but uh i'm sure i will um i've been having fun at at home just kind of unplugging and playing lots of call duty and uh i've been playing tons of that and been uh you know working out you know and just yeah just doing normal stuff um I don't really have any like specific plans yet, but um, I'm sure I will soon once I get through the snowball derby.
I'm I'm on PS5, so I uh I love it. I love gaming. It's it's um you know I mean it's just for the fun of it, but it it does uh, I feel like it's it's very intense and it's good for the mind. So I like it. I just want to be faster. Um, I think that's every driver's goal. Um, but yeah, that's just what comes to mind for me. Just be at 100% all the time. Um, you know, not 97, not 96, not 99. So, and not 101. So, just yeah, just be faster. Would you consider 2023 your breakout season overall? Yeah, I mean, for sure. When you look at the results, and we finally put together. I felt like we finally put together what we're capable of and just the consistency and the the being there every week, being at every racetrack, like not having weak tracks. We still had weak tracks. I mean, Martinsville, um, we still had some weak ones in there. New Hampshire is bad for us. but um, So I don't know. Maybe I can get a top 10 at New Hampshire next year. That I haven't had one. But um, I don't know. Just I feel like we were there every week, and that's, that's something to be said. And I feel like... Um, the next step for us is just pushing all those little boundaries, um, me as a driver, us as a team, and just being a little bit more aggressive and being a bit more on the edge. And uh, that's honestly what I'm focused on. So did you come into this past season thinking six wins was like an achievable goal or even you know, to do better than that? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely. The I feel like the it's always achievable with the team I'm with and, and the crew chief and the, the just the whole team we have at Hendrick Motorsports. But uh, I don't know. I think um, I always think like three wins, you know, is a, is a really successful year. Um, you kind of look at the standings and there's usually like six to eight guys that win three races, maybe less. And, um, you know, I feel like that's kind of how I define success. And then I go from there and then I just go, you know, trying to make the final four. Um and then laps led, and then just kind of go through the stats and try to try to hit all those categories. So I I do feel like we hit, I mean we hit all of them. So um, except for the championship, which is you know going to leave us with uh, more motivation and kind of leave us with that bit of uh, you know sting that this year brings. I'm not going to be there, so um, I hope. I mean, just I guess I'll watch it. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably just listen to what the engineers talk about and just listen to what Kyle says and um, go from there. I mean, kind of like not being a part of test personally because I feel like everything changes when you go back. And um, for me personally, I, I usually leave with preconceived ideas and I, I try not to carry those with me. Do you think there'll be any ex or will you put any extra pressure on yourself going into next year to kind of back up what you were able to do this year? Yeah, I mean, it's there's definitely going to be pressure. I mean, internal pressure of trying to be the best. I mean, you don't want to go out there and, and suck. And so I think you're going to go out there and try to, you know, do the best you can. But, um, I think if you put the right amount of preparation into it, I don't think you'll feel the pressure that you can't overcome. I think if you, if you put the right, right amount of prep into it and you feel good about your team, I think we can go out there and use that pressure to it's, there's always going to be pressure. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to go out there and just just uh, be on cruise. So it'll be uh, it'll be tough, but yeah, we want to try to one up what we did this year. Have you had time to reflect on finishing third and what you know what possibly could have been done? Because Denny said after watching the last two championships and how they played out, the, mm -hmm. they have to approach 
um, the playoffs differently now. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, I think that's where my my focus comes in um, for what I want to do to be better um, is just kind of watching how these races unfold, you know, 30, 35 lap run at the end and what the car needs to, to feel like to do that and, um, you know, what, what you need to do as a driver to put yourself in that position, um, you know, and push every every envelope. So um, we need more speed uh, towards the end of the year. So, so yeah, I don't think we were – we kind of peaked too soon. I think um, we kind of peaked in the second round of the, the playoffs and then the third round we, we were kind of a fourth – place car really and then uh you know we had some some bright spots there um and then phoenix we we showed up on on kill and uh qualified on the pole but you know i felt like in race practice we were we were really kind of in that seventh place range um and so we just we need more speed um and we just need to find that that balance that we need in the car to to have longevity but um for me as a driver i think i'm going to focus on you know trying to push every every category every envelope and try to uh put myself in positions that um are a bit uncomfortable in the off season and and throughout the season just to push the the envelope. So, I think we can we can do that. We won a lot of races and that was great. Um but we want to be uh we want to be the fastest. You said one of your goals for next year is to be more aggressive. Like in the race car, like how do you do that? Are there going to be situations where you like on yourself like I need to be more aggressive? Yeah, I don't think it's aggressive like you guys think. I think it's aggressive in pushing every category, um, every envelope, like pushing the, you know, I mean, just pit road speeds, I mean, restarts, all the all the little details that I feel like, um, you know, when you're running 8th to 15th, you don't really, you don't think that they matter as much because you don't see the benefit, but um, to run up front and do it consistently. Um, we had a lot of great, great races this year. Uh, but we always want to be faster. How do you avoid peaking too soon? Is there like a science to peaking at the right time? I don't think there's a science to it. I think it's just a, it's an effort level and, and uh, confidence, and it's um, knowing what areas to push and, and knowing how to uh, how to put all that out there when it counts. So um, knowing the racetracks too. I mean, we, we went to certain racetracks that were in the, the final few races, and they uh, – they were different than the ones we were racing before, so I think just kind of knowing all those all those racetracks and all those things. Do you have one Christmas that stands out to you as a child? I mean, something your parents got you that I know you're mm-hmm. a big Lego guy, and you, like you said, you're a big gamer. But was there one yeah. Christmas in particular that stands out? Man, um, that's a great question. I I remember the thing I think that sticks out to me when I was a kid. I got one of those cranes like um, that was. It was like remote control. It was it was like really popular back then, and um, I don't know. That's just what sticks with me. It was a lot of fun to to use and kind of see the mechanical side of it and how it works. So that was a that was the coolest gift I got from you know probably four years old to fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think it's really important. Um, there's a physical aspect to driving race cars that you can't simulate. So, um, you know, I think that's the part that, you know, I personally wish starting sooner is, is good. But I think doing both is uh, is important. Uh, I think sim racing and uh, running simulation for manufacturers, all that stuff is really important to your development because you learn about setups, you learn about consistency, feel, you know, how to how to translate your feedback into something productive that they can use and looking at data. I mean, looking at data is really important. You know, I wish, I probably wish I studied that stuff sooner to understand, you know, speed trace and looking at steering wheel angle and, um, you know, throttle trace, brake, all those things. So I feel like all those things are important to learn and, um, you know, iRacing and, you know, Max Verstappen's on iRacing and, um, you know, he's still using it today and I do as well. So it's um every any avenue as a driver you can, you know, push is gonna be important. How much has oh, sorry. Um, it seems though that a lot of the people who come up in sim racing adapt very, very quickly to uh racing with standing bucks, et cetera. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know if that's across the board as people adapting quickly, but um I I don't know. I think that there's a lot of factors. Um, like I said, I think there's there's what you learn in sim, um, the feel. I think you get thousands of reps on sim that you don't get in a real car. I mean, it costs a lot of money to go to go. You know, I was at a late model test the other day and to run 40 laps, a 40 lap run in the late model, like people do not think to do that because it costs a lot of money and it's a lot of laps on tires and laps on uh, motor and equipment. So it's not like, you know, you can just go out there and run a thousand laps and you can on iRacing. So, um, I think the benefit there is, is reps. And then, um, you know, that translates into getting into real cars and, and, you know, being able to adapt. How much have you been following, uh, Liberty football? Yeah, I've been following it a lot. It's, um, it's been great. I mean, they've, they are, uh, you know, they're ranked and that's great. And I think, you know, they've got a, big game coming up on Saturday, so it'll be cool to see how they do, and I got to meet Coach Chadwell um, a couple months ago, and he was really nice, and has a lot of charisma, and, um, you know, I definitely couldn't do his job. I, I don't have a, I don't have the public speaking uh, ability that, that he has, so he's great with it, and their locker room celebrations and everything are pretty awesome. If they win on Saturday and they get one of the big bowl games against one of the big Power 5 schools, is that something that you would go to? Yeah, I mean, I think about it for sure. I don't, I don't know um, the details of it yet, but uh, yeah, I'd love to go to uh, any sporting events coming up. But uh, yeah, that would be one that was that would be cool to at least watch. Were you at the NASCAR meeting this morning, and if so, what did you take mm -hmm. away from that? I was. Um, I feel really optimistic about the sport. I mean, I feel as comfortable as I've ever felt about where the sport's going and, and also being comfortable just being who I am and, and being able to show that. And um, that's what they want us to do. So um, I, I'm i excited for, for what's ahead. I mean, I want to try to contribute to the sport and, and help. I mean, I did a lot of stuff with the Netflix show, and um, I'm excited to you know see how that plays out. I'm not going to watch. I, I don't think I can watch myself back, but uh, I know my family and friends will. But I'm I'm excited for it. I'm trying to definitely help as much as I can and uh, provide insight because I do feel like what our sport could do better versus F1, 
and some of the other sports out there show the technical details that it takes to be successful. And I feel like for a long time we've dumbed it down for kind of the casual person to come in and be like, oh, they're turning left. Like, let me see how that, you know, that that looks easy. And I don't, it's not easy at all. Like, we have so much information and we are so in tune with what we have to do as drivers. And and, uh, I just think we need to show that off to the fans and kind of give them a behind-the-curtain look. Uh, Because I think everyone that I've grown up with that's watched me race since I was 15 did not realize how intricate the sport is until... They really followed me for year after year, and now they're huge fans. And those are all millennials, so it's a, those are all people 25, 26. And there's a lot of those out there that would be interested in what we do. So how would you show with Blaney behind the scenes? How have you – do you think it's sunk in? Do you think it has sunk in to him that he's finally a NASCAR Cup champion? Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to hear his speech. And, um, you know, he's – it will be cool to just – kind of hear him talk about his journey through through the ranks and through family things and um, getting to this point because I definitely I sense a lot of gratitude and a lot of um, just he's thankful for everyone that's contributed and um, you know I think that that puts you in a really good place and it's cool to kind of observe it from afar and I'm happy for him because he's a he's a good dude and has a great character so um, you know we we play golf and do things outside the track away from away from the competition, so, uh, but we're competitors, and, um, but it'll be cool to see uh, him talk about it. William, I think we're all doing similar things. Um, I don't know for sure. I mean, I don't know. All I've heard is, you know, I know that the setups were pretty similar. Um, they were trying to help us learn things and balance and and kind of what we needed in our car so i think um you know it's a tough position like you're when you're out of it you're not thinking about um you know the points you're not really putting a big emphasis on you know man we got to get this position so um yeah i think they helped us a lot they helped us as much as they possibly could and it helped a lot so i love what you said about the technical side of it if you watch football and you and you see somebody throw a Hail Mary pass and the guy catches it with one finger. It doesn't take a lot to understand how talented that guy is. But for anyone, even TV, to show how talented you guys are yeah. is hard. It's really hard. How yeah. would you do that? Like, at first we thought the digital dash, people could actually watch that. What do you think, and maybe you don't have the answer, how do you show how good you guys are? Because that's what you're talking about. How yeah. would you do it? Because once they found that out, people couldn't look away. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough challenge. I mean, I think we have to learn from Formula One and what they've done with their young drivers, and um, you know how they how they show off the sport and the technology and the kind of the detail behind it, and how how difficult all those little things are. And um, I think we're getting closer for sure. And I think we're at least we're acknowledging that that's the direction we need to go. And and um, you know, I think that. You know, these cars are very difficult to drive. Like, no one, it's no offense to anyone, but they could not do what we do, and they could not slide the car around and put it on the on the razor's edge and, you know, be on the edge of the tire grip. You know, these things are so close to spinning out. So um, I think telling that story and showing in-car cameras of our hands working, our feet, you know, our feet, we need to, we need to show exactly what we're doing 
and the commentary, the the radio feedback, the you know all those little details. Um, the teams are reluctant, definitely, to show it. So it's definitely a it's a a challenge to to see all that. But uh, I think we're getting there, and I think we can show that off. And and uh, the sport's very difficult, so we can show that. When you say they couldn't do it, are you talking about fans who drive cars or F1 or other? drivers in other series that if they would try this, they would find it more difficult than they thought? I think kind of all of the above. I think other drivers um, driving high high downforce cars would not know or understand what we do. Um, the, the cars are very low in grip, and but running at high speed. So uh, I think some of that, but, but really just talking about the, the person that's driving the everyday car, you know, um, it's it, you know, we used to get, like, I remember, like, Donovan McNabb talked about how, like, this wasn't a sport and we're not athletes. And, I mean, that couldn't be farther from the truth. So, um, you know, if he knew the heat and the stress that we go go through, which I think we're going to show off, um, you know, over the next year or so, is he, he would definitely understand it more. Mm-hmm. Good. Did you talk about the first NASCAR race you ever attended and if it, like, made you want to be a driver or just that kind of memory? Uh, yeah, I... Martinsville. Um, I was probably yeah, I was six years old. So um, yeah, it was. I loved every aspect of it. The the sight, sounds, and feel, and um, it definitely made me a fan pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be cool. I I race there in um in Xfinity and trucks so. I'm I'm excited to go back. It'll be fun. Yeah, thank you. All right, William Byron. We didn't get to feel how he felt about the. Uh, you didn't get to tell us how he felt about TikTok. That was one of the questions, and it was cut off. So anyway, guys, uh, Kyle Bush. Not a bad year for moving on. Uh, driving the Chevrolet, uh, I was at Gateway Worldwide Technology when he won that race and took back Braxton for a ride around the track. So uh, let's let's. Uh, all right, how's it going? Listen, to Kyle here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say arguably it wasn't as successful as I'd hoped it to be but um, you know we started the season really strong they obviously had really good processes and procedures and things and cars were maybe a little bit ahead of their time uh, in the beginning of the year where we were more competitive but as the season wore on you know we lost a little bit of that advantage and it seemed like everybody kind of caught up to what was going on and what what we had been doing so um, hindered us a little bit the second half of the year if we could have finished how we started that certainly would have been a heck of a lot better Um, but uh, all things considered I thought it was a good first year and We've got a lot of things that um, you know we keep conversating on and putting on the table for what we can work on for next year. Okay, and then last week, I mean, last year you guys did a lot of, I guess, chemistry building stuff, whether it was like Hunt doing, you know, like the other races with Austin. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to do more of that this 
Yeah, yeah, actually, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., we're on a flight out to go to Austin in order to get over there in order to do the same thing again with that endurance race. So that was just something fun to do and kind of get uh, me and Austin some time together, me and Randall some time together. So, um, yeah, we're all going to be down there doing that again, so that'll be fun. And then there's a hunting trip in early January that uh, Richard and I are going to go on and then, um, you know, some other stuff that we kind of do during the year, team events and and exercises that, uh, you know, kind of team building, team bonding kind of things. consistency uh that would be the biggest thing you know for us we had uh some highs and a lot of lows you know and uh, a lot of dnfs so just trying to figure out more about this car for me and how to drive it and you know the car always trends loose so you know me trending loose being over the tire over the peak of the tire i spin out and crash too many times so uh got to hone in on that and fix that and and have those days where you know you're gonna you're gonna have days of 12th to 15th you know but how do you uh car um, how do you put that in your mind that you can be able to do that or, or that you can accept that and just take the finish? Um, yes and no. I probably was lean more towards no because anytime a manufacturer is working on their stuff and coming out with something new, they're not taking a step backwards, you know. So, um, you know, they're working on it to make a step forward, and, and unfortunately, you know, our, our body style stays the same, so we don't have that. Um you know, and I would say after two years, they've been with the same body for two years. And after two years of being with the same one, you've about maxed out every opportunity that you've been able to find. There's not many wind tunnel ideas that you can come up with anymore that can get you anything and, and fit within the rules. What major ways would you say that you have changed as a driver, as a competitor from when you started? Do you approach things differently now? Or your expect I mean, obviously your expectations are to win and win championships. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying. How, what has that evolution been like for you? And, and is is that something that you share with Braxton? You know, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's a loaded question per se. But um, I guess when I was younger, you know, I just came in and drove. All I wanted to do was go fast and turn left, you know. And um, now as years have kind of progressed with my experience and the things of the business side that I've been a team owner and all that, uh, I've had a greater sense of what it takes to be, A, a good race car driver, but also a good, you know, team player and, and kind of helping the, the teams that I've been on and the organizations that I've been with get better and help lead in those directions on the ideas or the concepts that we need to work on and the places in which we need to focus. Do you feel like you approach things differently behind the wheel now? I mean, are you more about yeah. strategy and setting up versus... Just go for it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I definitely, yes. Uh, I remember, this is funny, um, my first year down in Daytona, I was a rookie, and we were in practice, and we were all kind of too wide, whatever, and there was a move, there was, the middle was open, and so I just stuffed my car in the middle and put myself through the middle and worked my way through and got up towards the front of the pack, and, and Gordon, my teammate at the time, he didn't like that. Like, he was experienced and kind of was like, that was a dangerous move, like, you shouldn't have done that, and you could have crashed us all and all this stuff, you know, like, he's yelling at me. And then during the race, you know, um, Jeff's car wasn't handling as good, during the race and mine was because we worked on a few things because I put it in bad spots to see what it would do. And so our Monday morning meeting afterwards, Rick Hendrick actually told Jeff, well, maybe you should have went up the middle in practice. <laughs> so, um, that, that was the stuff I would, I would be more like Jeff was then now, you know? So, um, yeah, I look at some of these other kids and I'm like, damn, what are they doing? How stupid is that? You know, but obviously they're, you know, they, they haven't experienced those moments yet. I've had some hard hits. 
I hate looking in the mirror every day. So, um, you know, but no, just, um, yeah, you look back on things that you did in the past and you're like, okay, well, what's always worked or what hasn't always worked and, and to try to, you know, keep building on that to make yourself better every time. I mean, there's, you look at the game of the NFL, for instance, right? Like the game was played entirely different five years from five years ago or 10 years ago, but the rules in the game itself is relatively the same. That's the same for us, but all these new kids coming in and doing things a little bit differently or, or how they do stuff is, is certainly changed the game always. Mm-hmm. doing this out here. I mean, at, at some point, maybe on Christmas and New Year's Eve when you're reflecting on things, it's pretty amazing for your family. Yeah, no, it certainly has been, and grateful for Mom and Dad that uh, that got us to this point and pressed us as hard as they did when we were growing up and getting us to, to learn everything that we do about the cars and having a good car sense and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what's brought us on as well and as successful as we've been is, is just that dedication to what we love and the and the passion that we have for our sport, you know, but... Um, it has been great. Um, I'd like to think that I'm not done yet, that there's a few more things out there for me that, that I can do. I'd love nothing more than to bring a championship back to RCR again. And, of course, um, you know, I got a box to check of that Daytona 500 trophy. Genuinely curious here. I don't know if you pay attention to this, but I do driver introductions. You haven't been getting booed as much, man. You've been getting a lot more cheers at those tracks that I've been to. So. Yeah. Are you signing me up for most popular driver this year? <laughs> I'm wondering, do you think you got a chance? I, I I've I have been told by NASCAR that I've finished second the last three or four years and the gap's getting closer. So I don't know if I believe that, but I'm I'll 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 take it. All right. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, I'm I'm all for it, man. That would be uh that would probably be the shock of the night. So I'm excited about that. I'm gonna dress to impress just for that moment so I can be ready. Do you think that people you know like um Loving to hate you in the past mm-hmm. led to your popularity, and that you know you're because I think once you achieve again and say win a championship, mm-hmm. you'll be back to being a little more. Yeah, no, I, I think so. You know, when you're when you're young, you know, you come in and you start beating up on the guys that have been here for a while. People don't really take well to that, you know. So you're not very well liked, and especially doing it the brash way that that I did early on, it certainly got some more eyeballs on my name. But um, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older, as I've matured a little bit, as I've not won as often. Um, you know, people are starting to like, hey, man, that guy used to win all the time, but I want him, like, I'm going to pull for him. I want him to win. Let's see him win some more, you know. So it, it turns the table for sure, you know. I, I think that that's, that's pretty awesome. I remember how many times did Jeff Gordon get booed after a win, right, like in the late 90s especially, and then his last win that he had at Martinsville. I mean, the crowd went nuts. So it was, that was, you know, just times change and the tables turn. Well, when they're booing, when they're booing mm-hmm. Denny, yeah, when they're yeah. booing Denny. Yeah, he won't ever then, come out of that. When they're booing Denny. Then are you a little bit jealous or no? When you hear them, woo, and you're like, hey, wait, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I remember having the boos and the boos be pretty loud during driver intros walking across the stage. Well, it was on me, so I didn't have to look up at the screen to see who it was, right? But <laughs> now now when you're already done with driver intros or you're backstage behind driver intros and you hear it and you're like, wait, who was that? And, you know, <laughs> then I, I, now I feel like what everybody else was doing when I was walking across stage. So. No, he's, he, he's not old enough for the earlier years of when I got a lot of that, you know. So um, I'd have to turn on the YouTube videos, but we're not doing that anytime soon. Don't, don't show them that Bristol one. Which one was that? Driver intros? Yeah. Oh, with Brad? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. Well, it was good, though. It was epic. Yeah. A lot of epic moments. We always do. 
years, cars and trophies want to play KPM. Is there a future perhaps for a museum for you to open up to kind of keep that alive? No, you got money. Costs money to do that, and so um, you know. Um, obviously, moving everything out of KBM, yeah, that's been our off-season project so far, which has been stressful to say the least. Um, but we're taking 77,000 square feet of stuff and stuffing it in 8,000 square feet. You know, so Brexton's got a 4,000-foot shop, and then I've got a 2,000-foot um, with car lifts and stuff for all of my my cool cars and stuff that I got. And then all the trophies are just on pallet racking with shelves around around the wall. You know, so. Um, easiest cheapest way to be able to do it but yet still kind of show show it off and you know everybody always asks me they're like man have you ever gone and looked at your trophies and kind of just sat there and thought about what's what's happened over the years and I honestly my answer was no like I I never really walked down through uh, the museum at KBM to look at that but they're all still there one last time we have our foundation event next weekend and then after that we're we're going to finish clearing it all out and and move it all to the new place so um, (laughs) it's a hell of a project to move 300 something trophies you know so um but we we got a great team and me samantha her mom her dad and one other guy who just kind of helps out that's it you know they wanted to hire movers and i said no we got five ourselves we got it (laughs) yeah right yeah no yeah trust me it's yeah it's it's okay yeah just know it takes a little longer this new place won't be open to the public though correct yeah no it won't be open to the public so it's just kind of I just put the stuff in the space just in case we ever had, like, you know, NASCAR interviews and, and cool things that people wanted to come over and, and do some stuff behind the scenes with. And, you know, we'll we'll pull some cars out, pull some trophies out, and set it up. Are there any emotions when you see those social posts of them kind of rebranding that place? Dude, I had, the ink hasn't even dried, and the money didn't even clear in the bank, and the sign out front was changed. So I was like, damn, guys, like, I'm trying to have meetings in the conference room, and I still own the place, and they're in there every day, and they're running out of there. I'm like, get the hell out of here. you still got five more days, four more days. So On the walls? That's that's the way of doing it nowadays, yeah. So um, it's fine. You know, it it, it is a little bit... Um, you know, weird for for sure to kind of see all of that changing and 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 the moving of the guard, but um, you know, it is what it is. It was the right time. Seems Would it like be weird to go back in there, like when you're prepping to run the races for them, mm-hmm. like when it's not KBM anymore, when you go, be going in there to prep to drive. I'm wondering how long my key card will still work for. <laughs> so, um, you know, actually, I, I do know the secret doors that don't need key cards to get in. So, <laughs> you should have said that. I know, right? <laughs> Um, but I know every crack and crevice and story and secret, everything of that place, you know. So um, obviously it's, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of memory lane for, for a little while, but then I'm sure that'll wear off. Oh, hell no, no, no. They, they've been changing the offices enough already that uh, it, it's hard to see the same things that I saw for 15 years. Are you having fun despite the fact that, you know, obviously you wanted to have a better finish. You got kind of quiet at the end of the season, yep. and that's got to kill you because you're never the quiet guy, <laughs> you know, under the radar, not Kyle Busch. So was that hard, or it seems like you're having a good time now. You understand that there were steps, maybe even bigger steps than we thought needed. Yeah, uh, well, we started the year really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, w- man, if we could have ended the season how we started the season, you know, we we, we would have certainly been something to – contend with for the end of the year i mean our stats weren't too far off of the champion stats you know we had more top fives we had more top tens we just had more tnfs um you know and the average finish obviously was a couple points worse but um that was from those dns you know so just need better consistency um and, and taking those finishes of 
you know, the 12th to 15th and, and not over forcing it or over pushing those, those runs that we have and, and spinning out and crashing. How important was it to win so early, right out of the box? Huge, huge. I mean, that, that is such a, a pressure relief for the whole rest of the season. You know, like I remember 20, what was it, 2019, I think, where we didn't win until the third to last race at Texas, you know, on a Wednesday. 2020, yeah. And so that, man, that was that was stressful. Like, I was worried that I was not going to have the, the 18th season or whatever it was of, of winning a race, you know. So um, I hate going through, you know, much past May without having a win. Um, well, yourself or the team? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, probably a B minus. You know, I'm kind of floating between the C and B minus. <laughs> um, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, of course. You know, um, start of the season, you know, I'd give us a, you know, definitely a middle A for sure. The first probably 10, 12 races. Um, you know, and then as the second half of the season, I'd give us somewhere in the C, so average it out, B minus. So what happened? I think everybody just caught up. I think RCR and, and the new car and things like that and Team Chevy, I think we were all kind of ahead with some of the tricks of the trade and things like that. And as the season wears on and goes on, everybody in the garage area kind of picks mm-hmm. up on stuff and the things that you're doing and seeing what you're doing that then they all were doing the same stuff and it took our advantage that we had away. And it's so hard with the regulations that we have this day and age to be able to come up with more ideas that you can keep your, your leg up on the competition. And so we just kind of you know fizzled out, as, if you will. What are you I think on? Team Chevy as a whole, we all kind of did. You know, it wasn't just us, but um, the advantage that that we showed early was not there late. Can you come back? I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I don't know how with with the two manufacturers coming out with new bodies, they're not gonna be going backwards in any sort of way. So we, we're we're now gonna be on our third year with the same with the same shell. A little bit, yeah, but. I would think that the tunnel time that they've already had that they've worked on in order to develop this car, you know, that they're they're not dumb. <laughs> so what are you guys working on then to try to overcome that or, or improve your team for next year? Um, a lot of it's just going to be cleaning up mistakes, and I've said that since the earlier part of this year. You know, we we just make too many mistakes. I I make a lot of mistakes as well, too. And the trend of this car, it gets looser, and it, and it doesn't have the side force that the old cars used to have to hold you through the corners. And I've spun out more than anybody with this new car, you know. So um, that's something where I've I've always kind of leaned on that air, or I've leaned on that right rear, and it just seems to get hot. And um, and I can't find that same grip that I need to be able to be fast like, like I was. We're working on a podcast on the 2004 season. You made your day debut that year at Vegas. Mm. It wasn't a great race, but what, what do you remember about... It was short. <laughs> I think I pounded the fence at lap 13 and it was over. Um, yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't so good, but, um, you know, just first start, you know, emotions, butterflies, you know, a little bit of nervousness, stuff like that, and just not being in some of those dirty air spots very often in some of the races that I had been running. You know, I've been running ARCA races out front, leading, not being in dirty air, or the cars in, in traffic being slower. So, you know, you're with much tougher, stiffer competition and being with a team that doesn't run full time, that's always kind of a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a back marker opportunity, let's say. I don't know how to term that better. Um, but, yeah, it was just a big learning experience for me and the other races that I ran there as well, too. Do you remember anything about uh, your brother winning the championship? 
besides his tire falling off on on pit lane there breaking a wheel um and then having to come back from that you know that was um but the, the rest of his year i don't really remember a whole lot of of his year i was busy chasing an xfinity bush series championship back then and, and trying to stay in contention with that against truex for for the year so kind of focused on my own gig but um you know fun times for sure how much in your career because you said you were nervous back then I'm like Kyle Busch, nervous. I yeah. You know, how often in your career have you ever been nervous? Like it's a lot less nowadays, mm-hmm. but I'm slower nowadays too. So maybe I need to be more nervous. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I just experience, right? Like when you're first doing things, or second doing things, or third doing things. You know, you're you're still a little bit gun shy of of learning some of that stuff, or a little timid, or a little um, nervous. Um, but as you get older, you're like, I don't see how I can learn anything new <laughs> in this moment. So you're fine, you know. So yeah. And what about Brexton? Are you, are I haven't you remember that. Yeah, I haven't brought up the word nervous to him to give him a definition to put it in his mind. I, I haven't seen him really be nervous or like, you know, shaky or anything like that ever. So I don't want to ask him if he is. <laughs> so, but I need to just pay attention to make sure that if I do see it, that I can help him through it. Right, because he's like you times two. Right? Yeah, I hope so. I'm curious as a now former team owner, do you have a perspective on the new broadcast deal? Um, I mean, it's all about the financials, right? So, you know, I, I think it's great. Obviously, we're still able to be on TV. We need to be on TV. TV runs uh, our sport. Live sports is, is where it's at for broadcasting. Um, it's interesting, though, that, um, you know, you have the different partners now, but it's kind of good but it's a little bit hard for the fan base of like what network are we on this week blah 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 that sort of thing but you know somebody put out a post of like 1995 all the different broadcasts and switching every week and all that so um you know i saw that where it was like i don't remember it being that bad but yeah it was pretty bad you know but um with with access this day and age it's it's not that hard i mean come on we're all (laughs) much more sophisticated than we were in the 90s of looking through the tv guide I mean, what happened? Nothing happened. Um, I, I think that we were a successful organization. I mean, it was a great, a great run. We we made it 12, 15 years, whatever the heck it was. Uh, we won seven owners championships, two driver championships. Um, you know. You, was it for sale? No, it wasn't for sale. But when somebody knocks on your door and offers you a, a good check that, that's reasonable, then you got to take a serious look at it and consider it. And so um, that's kind of what happened. You know, it's kind of ironic, too, I think, that the same guy that got me in to the truck series ownership side, which was a, probably a bad idea, um, got me out, you know. So uh, more power to them. I mean, they've, they've got a lot of um, strong ambitions and things like that. So it's going to be cool to see what Spire turns into down the road with their cup and truck series operations. Still me being a part of it is going to be neat for me to still kind of um, um, get my fix, if you will, without having to be there uh, 24-7 all the time and, and worrying about all the stress and, and obligations and worries that comes along with the ownership side. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. You got it. Thanks. All right, Kyle Bush for your 2023 season there. Uh, kind of look for great things for out of, out of next year with his attitude. Now he's used to the team. I, I see nothing but a few more times in uh, winter circle and a good chance to be chasing for the uh, championship next year.
got a chance to play with it a little bit. So, guys, that's the way we're going into the 2024 23 season, getting ready for 2024 season. We're going to start concentrating on the uh, Rolex 24 coming up. That's coming up January the 25th through the 28th. But look, the week before, we've got the rower. So uh, if you're interested in winning tickets, you need to uh, DM me over here on uh, TikTok or Facebook on my Rowdy Maglite. The Rowdy Maglite Show and uh, get you entered into uh, the running for the tickets. Also, we'll have tickets for the uh, 24 hours, but we've got them starting with two days for the rower, and then we'll have, uh, I think we're supposed to get 10 sets for the uh, 24 hours. Never been. It's a uh, pretty neat Emson and uh, the sports club. Of America, they do a great job, man. I'm telling you, Emza, I love it. Start the year off at Emza. Hopefully, I can make uh, something happen and uh, go to Sebring this year. I'd like to check Sebring out. Never been there. Like, that's the 12 hours of Sebring. But anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. Uh, we're going to try to do one more show before Christmas. Not sure. But get ready for our new content next year. We got something new. We're going to try something new. Good night. Let that light shine, y'all.